0: In 10-3. Faces are loaded for Verlander, who waits out a three He swings and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home
1: run. And a huge flip to celebrate. Alright, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats, and we have a great one. You know him? You love him. You see all of his stuff on Twitter. He is the pitching ninja. Rob Friedman is about to join me here in a minute. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Basically how he got into this business, which is a really cool story. But we're also going to put together the ultimate pitching repertoire. The best pitch from, from the best pitchers in the league. And we're going to do that for current pitchers and all time as well, but the ultimate repertoire. I'm really looking forward to seeing his answers there. But this is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, We're both trying to grow the game of baseball, and he certainly does that just as good as anybody else. So let's have a great conversation. Let's get to him now. Here he is, Rob Friedman, a.k.a. Pitching Ninja. Rob, what is up, my friend? Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Dude, it's my pleasure. You're awesome.
1: (laughs) No, you know, at the end of the day, the goal is just to build the game of baseball. And I feel like we can both go to sleep at night knowing we've at least done our best to try and grow the game of baseball. At least I know I can say the same for you because uh, you really are my friend. I I believe that. And it's been awesome to see.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Like that is always that has always been my goal is to grow the game. And I think you do it the right way, too. It's like stay positive. There's no reason to be negative it's a sport it's fun like present the
1: good stuff it's absolutely i totally agree so let's start with this where did pitching ninja come from how did that come to be so it's it's kind of a long story um and
0: it was never intended to be like a thing like that isn't (laughs) i never had a master plan (laughs) um so i was just i was just coaching baseball like i don't know like youth baseball and, uh, it was mostly because I, I just, I guess I, everybody thought I communicated really well with kids. Cause I'm basically a big kid and it wasn't like, I was a great baseball player growing up or anything like that. Like I am, I am no Ben Verlander. Um, but it was like, thank you, know, you for I, using I, I, the
1: correct Verlander brother there.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, I just started teaching stuff and, and one of the good things about not being a great player. You know, I always played growing up and I thought I was good. I just wasn't. But it, it, when you're trying to teach the game, it makes you kind of learn it over and like what you wish you would have been taught. And it happened to come up at a time where maybe there was just more advances in technology, breaking down stuff. So I was able to start like everything over and throw everything out. So I started coaching. And then as a coach, coaching, I was coaching my kids travel team and somebody had mm-hmm. said, co- called him a ninja. And I was like, wait a second. Like he didn't like it for one. He's, he's uh, he's half Japanese, my quarter Japanese, my wife's half Japanese. Okay. And uh, so he was like, I don't like that name. I'm like, I'll take it because I'm the coach <laughs> and I'm the freaking ninja. So that's the way it went down. And, and the rest is kind of history with
1: that name. That's funny. So if you were to, if you were to go back now and play with all the knowledge that you have, obviously it'd go better, but Where would you have where would you be a professional baseball player if you had all the knowledge you do now? Now, I mean, I I don't
0: I don't think I, you know, knowledge only gets you so far. It'll make you I would be better than I was. Um, But I don't. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think I'm physically (laughs) skilled enough. Like you have to have the elite athleticism and the knowledge. Yeah. To go along, Um, but I did. I did help my kid. You know, he he got a scholarship to Georgia Tech, which is pretty good. That's awesome, man.
1: That's so cool. Where where is he now? Is he there or is he still in high school? What's his? He just graduated. Awesome. That's so cool. So, how did you transition from coming up with the idea? I'll take Ninja to. I guess sort of what you do now and I'm sort of, there's a lot in between, but to, to the presence you have on social media where you highlight pitches and you do the overlays, how, how did we get to that? And how did you ultimately come up with that idea?
0: You know, it was just iterations. Like I definitely did not expect to blow, blow up on social media. I'm still not sure
1: what that even means. Um,
0: but like it I looks good as out- it
1: sounds good. As long as you don't put the quotes, it looks like you know what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I still don't. I don't have a master plan on any of it. So what I did is I started sharing stuff, and you know, like like I said, I was coaching, and I knew I wasn't going to coach forever. So I started sharing all the stuff I was learning, and and I happened to learn from some really good folks, or be around some really good folks. Like back in the day, I was on message boards with folks like Kyle Bodie of Driveline um yeah Eric Cressy was on oh, there yeah. Alan Jacob was on there yeah so all those guys we would just bounce ideas off each other and it was before like even the whole Twitter thing took off so you know I asked a lot of questions poked holes and stuff because I'm a lawyer too so yeah. I hate to admit this in front of this big audience um <laughs> so I, I'm a lawyer and I and it was like one of those things I asked a lot of questions so Do I broke everything practice? down to learn I mean I can technically practice okay. I have a law degree.
1: You may not be in the business of boosting yourself up, but we'll have a deal with each other from this point forward Is we'll boost each other up since we don't want to talk about ourselves. So the fact that you still have the degree and still practice <laughs> is freaking awesome, dude. So just had to get that out there.
0: Thanks. Like, I don't feel it's awesome. I think being a lawyer, not as much fun as being a ninja. And that's what I ended up deciding. (laughs) But uh, like, I just kept sharing stuff and people liked it. And then like pro guys were taking a look at it, going, wow, this is kind of interesting. And it just grew organically. Like, it was never, ever, it's still like, again, I wake up every day and don't know what I'm going to do. So
1: do you remember the first thing that you had or one of the first few that really? Clicked and took off the first thing that blew up and went viral, and millions of people saw it. Oh,
0: I, you know, I am not exactly. I think probably the biggest early one was maybe an overlay of Charlie Morton's curveball and uh and two seamer and just how they worked together and diverged, and that got picked up kind of everywhere. But it was just it's it just like grew on itself, like it wasn't like one thing and all of a sudden it went crazy, it was more. A lot of work every day, but fun work like it was just sharing stuff every day. And then eventually, you know, hey, it went from 10 likes to 100 likes to, hey, this one got a thousand. What did I do there? But like, I don't know, like there wasn't really one thing that just jumped up. I still get amazed every day. Like if I have something that takes off, it still excites me. It's fun.
1: So ultimately, Major League Baseball hired you, correct?
0: They did as a as a consultant. So basically, okay. you I don't know if you know the whole drama behind that. Um, I
1: don't fully, but I would love to hear it.
0: Yeah. So my account got banned um, back in what like maybe it was two thousand
1: eighteen okay. something like your that. your Twitter account.
0: Yeah, because like MLB, it, there was a, it's a long backstory, but so they, they ended up contacting. Twitter issued a takedown notice. Twitter did what they should do, which is, hey, there's this t- copyright notice. You know, we got we to gotta take the content down. It ended up, once my account came down, there's a ton of ML- MLB guys, fans, front office guys, all were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you shutting this account down? Yeah. Um, and it ended up that MLB actually liked what I was doing and just wanted it to be kind of more official and, and uh, made me a... <laughs> a contractor which is cool.
1: That's that's really cool. So did that happen immediately like your Twitter account comes back up and you you got hired like right around the same time?
0: It took a it took a week and I was down for a week with everybody like you know messaging and texting and stuff going, "Oh my god, pitching ninja's still down." Every time MLB <laughs> put out a video, I swear like MLB would put out a video and they're like, "This isn't as good as what pitching ninja does." And it just got so probably annoying for them, but I think they really did. Like this was right when they were figuring out that fans could actually help grow the game, and yeah. that we all have a part in in growing the game, not keeping the content closed, yeah, but actually letting folks that are good at it help out, yeah. And uh, and I think it was like, like I don't know. I, I mean, I I think it was a, a a big inflection point for MLB to make that decision because they'd never done that before, so. That part was really cool like I feel like I was a I'm a revolutionary.
1: Yeah. I mean look at seriously though look at look at the way social media is now growing the game. When something cool happens, there's millions of views on it because fans of the game of baseball including myself, yourself, we're posting about it, getting it out there and it's just reaching a million different parties. So it it is it is cool in hindsight. You know, you you kind of were the first of like hey, from major league baseball's perspective, this can help grow the game of baseball and, and now look at it. And if if you're on Twitter now during games, it is truly an incredible place to be. And if you, you can't really avoid cool baseball highlights anymore these days.
0: Isn't that awesome? Like, I think it's brought in a lot of fans and I think MLB didn't know which way it was going to go. They thought maybe some people weren't going to watch the game because they were going to get it all on Twitter. Um, and that's never what any of us is about. It's all about sharing cool highlights. So more people will go, Oh, I didn't know this game was on. Or maybe you learned about a player that was really cool because you saw highlights mm-hmm. and you started being a fan of that player. Um, it was something that I don't think they, had a, they really knew which way it was going to go, which made them cautious. And I get it. Yeah. But it ended up working out really well. And they understand, I think, that they need kind of everybody. Everybody's got their own angles and their own fan base content creators do. Mm-hmm. And if we keep doing cool things just out of the love of the game, it shows through. And it, I think it brings in more fans.
1: That's awesome. Um, so you've gotten to do, uh, just from my perspective, things that I've seen, you've gotten to do some really cool things since, you know, 2018 when you started officially working for them and throughout your career as you've, uh, throughout this career, as you've grown, you've gotten to do some really cool things. I've seen you on baseball broadcasts, on national TV. I've seen you on, uh, plenty of things. What is one thing or a couple things from the beginning since this started that jumps out to you as One of the coolest things that you've been able to do in this venture of life, other than come on flipping bats with Ben Verlander. Well, so that's number
0: one. (laughs) Um, Number number two was seeing, well, uh, one of the cool things, and this is legit cool um, Twitter invited me to their suite um, with a number of other tweeters um, to watch the World Series. And it happened to be a guy named Justin pitching. Justin Verlander was pitching that game. yeah, and I think it was the game where he threw the ball into his leg or something. Or- <laughs>
1: <laughs> that made for that made for a good uh gif as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it was no like seriously, that that was a really cool thing. Honestly, every time like being on being on MLB and t- and MLB network or being on ESPN or doing just kind of anything, like I it's nothing I ever planned to do, so everything is really cool for me. Um, going to the all-star game was really fun last year. Um, yeah, it's just like kind of all of that. Like, I'm still I still love when people pay attention to anything I do.
1: So you have to I feel like you have to pinch yourself sometimes. You're you've been invited to watch to to go to the World Series, you've been invited to the All-Star game, you're on national TV talking about pitching. Are there times where you're able to step back and think this is Really cool. And and I'm really proud of myself for this because you should.
0: I, I think like at the all-star game, it was kind of sick when I think it was Max Scherzer came up to me. It's like, I love your stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know, you know who I am. <laughs> like he is literally legitimately the most tweeted pitcher from my account. Like over the history, I think someone did that stat. And I thought that was really sick. Like, or Clayton Kershaw saying, you know, Oh, I saw this on pitching ninja on an ESPN Sunday night broadcast like stuff like that still amazes me. Like, I don't know. I just, I know who I am and I know like I can wake up any day and just do whatever I want and tweet stuff. So it's all just amazing to me. That's so it cool. It seriously is.
1: So those are cool stories. And I, I've, I have a few of my own, my, a few favorites that I have from, from Well, let's hear hearing it. people talk about you. So at the end of this, I want you to tell me, which of these you kind of hold near and dear to you and think, man, that is so cool. More than that. So the first of which comes to mind is Cole Irvin learning his cutter from watching your interview with Corbin Burns, which is really cool. Another one, you Darvish credited you with helping improve his slider. These are massive names. <laughs> Jake Deekman credited with helping develop his slider. Um, Devin Williams won the rookie of the year and a lot of people have credited you for him winning that award for giving him so much attention. Those are a few that jump out to me when you hear those things. Uh, what do you think? And and what is one of your favorite stories?
0: So, yeah, that, that's all ridiculous to be Cause again, I'm a reformed lawyer who is a, you know, a, a baseball coach as a hobby and doing all this <laughs> started out totally as a hobby. So all of that stuff was amazing. Um, the U Darvish thing was incredible. Cause I was sitting at dinner with my wife and got a DM from him like, Hey, can you help me with this? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so can you hold on, honey? I gotta go because like, I'm not going to let you, I mean, U Darvish is one of my favorite pitchers. I will help him with anything. Um, and the fact that I could help somebody still is amazing to me. Like, I think all of those stories are ridiculous. I do, um, the whole airbender thing, like some of these nicknames that catch on, I, it's like stuff I think of in my sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night, these things come in my head and I run with it the next day. And if it, if people like it, that's awesome. Me, like, me but me it's still like, down. it's still crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Like sometimes I forget it. And then I remember it later on, but uh, yeah, it's, it's nuts. I mean, I'd love to think. So this year I'm on a, a Spencer Strider kick. Nine, we need to get him to be rookie of the year.
1: Yeah. I mean, his stuff is certainly there. I mean, the dude is yeah, electric. And he's got so, a great stash. Too. So <laughs> True. So branching off of, of what we just talked about, the, this comes to mind. When a guy like you, Darvish, one of the best pitchers in the world with some of the nastiest stuff in the world, comes to you and a Jake Diekman credits you with helping develop his his pitch I I get it from Cole Irvin's perspective he said he listened to one of the best in the world talk about it and he went from there but when these other pitchers are coming to you specifically saying hey can you help me with this what are what are they looking for is it analytics is it overlays what do they come to you a high school coach that glorifies them what do they come to you looking for
0: a lot of it is just like close ups of how the ball's coming off folks' hands. I think what they don't want to do, and this is kind of universally it's a trend in baseball, is that sometimes when you go to your own coaches, you're being judged like, Hey, don't worry about this. you don't really need a pitch that does this, you need this, and they don't want that. They want to take control over their career so i'm I'm independent like i don't i will I will always help, yeah. But I'm also never going to judge them saying, why do you want to learn another pitch? You, you have 12. <laughs> uh, uh, so like my thing is, if somebody asks, I'm going to help them and I'm going to tell them like sometimes they'll send me videos of their pitches and say, well, what do you think? Can you overlay this for me? How did this work together? You know, give me an objective view. That's so cool. And yeah, like that's kind of what I'm about. I mean, I I I have so much fun in this game and it's given me the opportunity to kind of pay it forward to like my, my overall arching, my overarching thing is to bring more people into the game because I don't think baseball should be a rich kid sport. I think more people should have access to training techniques, pitch grips, uh, you know, recruiting everything because it's just necessary for the sport to grow. So make it fun and make it accessible. And that's really what I'm about.
1: I love that. So I want to do a couple of fun things, and, and first let's start with this, this season because I know your, your thing that you do is – well, you have a lot of things, but one of them that I always <laughs> see and always watch is like top, the top filthiest pitches. So this is going to be a harder question because it's kind of encompassing a whole season to this point, and we're, what, over a third of the way in. But if I ask you top five filthiest pitches of the season – where 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 does your mind go there? You know,
0: that is a tough question, because to me, all the pitches are filthy, like
1: all pitches are created equal.
0: All pitches are <laughs> created equal. Some are. Yeah, some are more equal than others, I guess, in an animal farm reference, um, he, like one that jumps out at me. If you ask me one pitch, there was a, a front door two seamer from uh, Alex Lang, who had a really wicked pitch that i was shocked at how much it moved there's like 98 mile an hour front door two seamer there was a uh, miguel castro 99 mile an hour two seamer that ran 25 inches that was crazy yeah um scott efrost had a couple the one that hit alfaro um that was anywhere from like hit three i think they were like 26 28 Uh. and 30 inches of run
1: like 30 dude, inches, inches of run. Think about that. Run. The plate is 17 inches. We're talking about 30 inches of run. That's why I'm sitting right here right now. Uh I
0: it's yeah, like I don't think I don't think fans fully get how nasty that is. You're thinking about almost what? Almost two home plates worth of movement and that thing's bearing in at you and a major league hitter's getting hit by it. So that's crazy. Uh um Jimmy Herget, the human glitch. That's another nickname. Like I came up in the middle of the night. Um, so the human glitch it came one up with that, that. I
1: hear it everywhere now.
0: I did. I came up with that one too.
1: I could have like, no, I didn't come up with that name, but I could have called that when I faced him more times than I would have cared to admit in the Florida state league. And he was just, he was, nobody knew the name. He, he comes up and he's doing all of this stuff. Not only is he nasty on the mound, but his, um, timing stuff he does throwing you off rhythm his th- that sort of stuff it just adds a whole new element to him throwing from different arm slots and being disgusting so it's not just really good stuff you have to worry about it's what arm angle is it going to come out of and also oh you're trying to time me up with your stride guess what i'm gonna i'm gonna do some stuff that's gonna throw you off a little bit he that's a i mean he is he's a glitch he
0: is a glitch like that's it just jumped out at me like that was one of those names that Middle of the night, I was like, he needs a nickname because I've never seen anybody throw that way. And it it is like a glitch. So I was like, yeah, I mean, we'll call him that. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, that's a great nickname. I don't know. Like, the airbender was a similar thing where everybody was like, it's a screwball. It's a changeup. I'm like, it's, we're not going to call it either. We'll make up a new pitch <laughs> because this thing is just unique. And uh, and that took off too. Like, those are fun too. When I hear, when I say something and like, cause these are things again, it, it, it takes, you know, maybe three in the morning. And then I hear a and sports broadcaster say the same thing and like Pitching Ninja came up with this. And I'm like, that is so freaking cool. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to
1: your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to
0: do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
1: and NA, member FDSE. That's great. And, and that that was cool to hear because, you know, everybody thinks of, when you think nastiest pitchers in the league, and rightfully so, your mind goes to the guys, you know, Jacob deGrom throws 102. It's nasty. Um, and the other you know, there's plenty of other names with really nasty stuff, but you know, I ask you five guys and their nasty pitches, and you give five guys that don't jump off at, don't jump out at you, and it's really cool to be able to do that because you're not in the business of highlighting the best pitchers in the game of baseball. You're in the business of highlighting the best pitches, and that can come from all over the map, and it's pretty cool to hear those names said.
0: Yeah. So the funny thing, like, I, I don't have any team bias at all. I have the team bias of whoever the filthiest pitchers on a team are. <laughs> so like, it's really easy for me. Like I will judge everything in a vacuum and there are guys, I didn't start the season saying I'm going to be a big Scott Efrost fan. It just wasn't in my, in the card. Hurgit <laughs> was the same way. Like I just watched him. I'm like something about it speaks to me. It took me forever to figure out what I liked about Lance Lynn. And now he's like my favorite guy to watch pitch every time he you know ends the inning with a strikeout. Yeah, it's just I, little things, right?
1: I was just watching that from his last start. You just put together a whole compilation of his last pitch of the inning strikeout. Let's call it a celebration, and it's just <laughs> great. Um, hey, so I, something I want to do that I think can be fun is, and we'll do current and all time, but we're going to put together the ultimate pitching ninja pitch repertoire. So I'm gonna give you a pitch, and you're gonna take one pitcher, and and that pitch of his, and we're gonna to put together just the ultimate perfect repertoire that a pitcher could ever have. Okay. Got so it. So we'll do current pitchers. So let's just start with a fastball, four seam fastball.
0: So the first, it would have to be Justin Verlander, right? <laughs> I-
1: you could say, Justin, for all of these, and we can put together a great repertoire. <laughs> oh, I plan to. It doesn't matter what the pitch is.
0: I don't care if he throws it or not. It's going to be him. Um, you know, like, I, I guess you... Can I include Jacob deGrom, since he's not currently pitching? But, like, I would yeah, say... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because because he would be my guy. Like, like when he's on, his fastball's unhittable. He spots it so well uh, glove side that it's unhittable.
1: So, is it is it just that he throws 102 miles an hour or is it also a command like what is it it's command it-
0: oh yeah command it's a combination well. of command arm angle and and hitting his spots like his his command at that velocity is just insane
1: okay let's go sinker
0: so probably my favorite one to watch when he's fully healthy i mean jordan hicks is a cartoon on the bump <laughs> like it is you don't see balls move that way. It's crazy. Um, so he would be number one when I when he is fully healthy, seeing 103-mile-an-hour sinkers is nuts. I love Bruce stark all too, just because he looks like he's putting as much effort as I do when I'm throwing BP, except his pitches go 102 and mine go like 50.
1: Yeah, yeah Tomato, tomato, you know, close enough. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're looking at Jacob deGrom's four-seam, Jordan Hicks' sinker. Let's go slider what pitcher are you taking there? slide?
0: I can amend the so currently I would I on the sinker thing I have to put Clay Holmes on there too okay like Clay Holmes is Clay Holmes is insane. Like well,
1: okay. I S- do not if we're putting together the ultimate repertoire we need you to pick one. So I'm we yeah. can do like a sit graphic when all is said and done here and we'll put one pitch from everybody. So
0: okay let I, I'm gonna I'm going to because it's based on current this year, I'm going Clay Holmes. Fair, and I'm going to also reiterate my nickname for him, which is Sherlock, like Sherlock I, I get Holmes. It. I get it. Yeah, Sherlock <laughs> sure when he pitches, get it? It's double entendre. I like that See a lot. What I'm doing there,
1: I like. That yeah. a lot. Yeah, I okay. Mean, so we'll go. To I came Grom, up with that too. Clay Holmes. Uh, credit, pitching ninja with Sherlock. Um, all right, slider. Who are we going?
0: Oh, that is that's tough because there's so many good ones. I mean, historically, it's always been like a uh, like a Max Scherzer thing. That is kind of the way I go. Um, that's you're putting me on the spot here because there are just so many good sliders.
1: <laughs> you can go Max Scherzer. You can't go wrong with I'm, that answer. Yeah, I'll go
0: Scherzer. Just historically, I'm
1: going to go. Yeah. Him. OK, all right. Let's go to change up. Change
0: up is Devin Williams. Like there's no there's no better change up in in the history of baseball. And I'm and I know what I'm talking about when I say that, that I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of over, you know, I'm maybe not giving Pedro the credit he deserves, and he deserves a lot, and yeah. it was always my favorite changeup. Devin Williams throws a change up more often than he throws a fastball, and he has a good fastball and his changeup spins at a higher spin rate than anybody's ever. It's insane. It's wow. a UFO. He deserves it. It's a UFO.
1: Okay, um, I feel like I might know where you're going to go here, but cutter.
0: <laughs> this is a, this is a tough one because, Ooh. like, like if I'm going the prettiest pitch in baseball, and I think this is objectively the prettiest pitch in baseball, is Corbin Burns' backdoor cutter is the prettiest pitch in baseball, and I think that for a couple of reasons. One being, I think most fans don't understand it because. They're like, well, I mean, it looks kind of straight. It looks like it's, you know, it's only moving this much. Yeah, But, it's but every hitter that ever hits it thinks it's going to go the other way. And it comes <laughs> back and it catches the plate with it. And it just leaves hitters like dumbfounded that that pitch beat them. But then I can't ignore what Emmanuel manual class A does. Like you can't ignore the dude throwing 102 mile hour cutters because that would be that's just crazy.
1: Okay. So is that are we going class A? I, do I have to choose between those two? <laughs> yes, I think, yeah. I think for the sake of this cool thing we're gonna put together.
0: I'm I'm going Corbin Burns. Like he won to say yeah. Okay. Like I'm going Corbin Burns.
1: Okay. All right. This is looking good so far. Let's go one more. Let's go. Um, what am I missing? Uh curveball. We'll go curveball.
0: <sighs> that is a tough one because, like historically, I mean, Clayton Kershaw's curveball is one of the prettiest things you'll ever see. I happen to like Max Fried's curveball a, a yeah. ton too. Um, and Corbin Burns has a pretty darn good curveball. He and does. People don't give him enough he credit. Just, well,
1: he doesn't throw it as much as he probably should be. Well, he doesn't need to, but he has it. And nobody
0: hits it, right? It's crazy. I'm going with Kershaw. Like, let's go okay. with the all-time, uh, the Cooperstown curveball. Yep.
1: All right. I like that. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a, a knuckleball currently in the game of baseball. So I can't yeah, ask you. Uh, a current knuckleball but I also want to and, and hopefully you don't have to think it that was cool that was really cool I like that but I want to do this all time as well to finish up I think the last thing we can do is go all time here but do you like your uh, current repertoire are, are we good with that?
0: Yeah, like I I again I think I can name a ton of slider pitchers that I could uh that I could chuck in there, but I will I will live with what I
1: slider what you I seem got. unsure on, but you can't I am
0: unsure of it because I like like Tanner Houck's slider and Alec Manoa's slider to me are I mean, they were in my finalists last year of slider mm-hmm. of the year, and it's kind of hard for me to leave them on this. Who won um, your slider of the year last year? I believe it was Tanner Houck. Like he had a couple of insane ones um, that, you know, uh, a, uh, a nutmeg one, he, I believe he had. So <laughs> yeah, like it, he's he's crazy. And if you throw in curveballs like, you know, you could throw in a the Charlie Morton knuckle curve, which is one of my curveball of the year mm-hmm. every year that I've had that award. But it's not as pretty
1: as Clayton Kershaw's football. Yeah, true.
0: You see how hard it is being me. I, well, like I, I set
1: you up for this, so uh, it is hard for you. It is hard to be you. I would imagine you do a lot of work, and you have to pick a, a top of the year. But then you get put on the spot. Even though we're pretending this is the spot, but before we started this, I gave you a heads up. This was coming. Just getting. That
0: you out have there. two minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Hope this one might be a little easier because it's just gonna be when when it comes to your head, the best of the best of all time pitching repertoire. Let's start with fastball. Who has the best fastball of all time?
0: Like I'd be I'm going Nolan Ryan. Like yep. just OG fastball, you know, shoves it down people's throats. I'm going Nolan
1: Ryan. Okay. Best sinker of all time.
0: You know the same
1: sinker. That,
0: yeah, like Greg Maddox is my guy. Like he he can make the ball move any which way and is and he was you know, one of the best two seam artists of all time. I'm going Greg Maddox and that front, he kind of almost invented the front door two seamer. So I'm going that.
1: Okay. Slider. <sighs> best slider. Yeah, that's a that's a
0: that's a tough one because like I can go back to like Steve Carlton, who had a mm-hmm. a wicked slider. Um and he's kind of a Bob Gibson had a had a ridiculous oh. slider.
1: I use it in MLB The Show all the time. It's it's disgusting. So
0: let's go, Bob Gibson. Why okay. not?
1: Okay, good. Um, let's go, Cutter. Best cutter of all time.
0: Is that really even <laughs> a question? <laughs> so, like, if if I had to pick my the best pitch of all time, it would be the best cutter of all time, which is Mariano Rivera. Like, so you your can't best just pitch
1: have... of all time is Mariano is that... Rivera's cutter.
0: Yeah, like if you're telling every, if you're a unanimous Hall of Famer. And everyone knows this pitch is coming and they still can't hit it, and nobody can vote against you for the Hall of Fame. I can't vote against that pitch as the best pitch of all time. It just
1: is. Right. I absolutely agree. All right. What are, so we need a uh, changeup and curveball. Let's go changeup first.
0: So, like, objectively, I really would say Devin Williams's changeup is the best changeup of all time. But if we're talking about historical pitchers, I cannot argue against Pedro Martinez. Like Pedro Martinez's changeup is the is the OG of what changeup should be. That big yeah. running, you know, it it's it's insane. He's great. One of my favorite pitchers. That's where that's a final answer, Pedro.
1: <laughs> final answer. All final right. Answer. Curveball, best curveball of all time.
0: I'm going. Again, we'll go historical. I'm going Sandy Koufax because that is oh, one of the prettiest beautiful. pitches ever, and I can't go against
1: Beautiful. That. All right, I think we just put together two really incredible pitch repertoires. If we were, I mean, all time, I guess we could go knuckleball. Who would you take knuckleball?
0: You know, I did a knuckleball compilation, and it was tough. Like, I think, objectively, R.A. Dickey's knuckleball moved the wow. most when I was putting it together. Like, I looked at that and I started laughing like hitters had to actually face that. Um, Tim Wakefield's also, and it may have been the camera angles or whatever, because obviously you have Phil Necro and you have, I mean, I, I I went down way back on (laughs) knuckleballs, And so this is really fresh in my mind. I really would go R.A. Dickey.
1: Wow. I love that. Um, So before we wrap up and you're wearing his shirt and I have to ask everybody about him, but Shohei Otani and, just speak a little bit, and just from the pitching side. We don't even need to get into what he's doing on the hitting and the pitching side. I, I talk about that enough for for everybody. But just talk a little bit about him from what you see from your perspective on the pitching side and just how nasty he is.
0: So this is something that people don't fully understand about like my history of it is I've been following Shohei kind of ever since I've been on Twitter. It's not like ever since he's been in the majors. Mm-hmm. I was following him back in Japan because you can learn a lot from his mechanics and how he moved. Cause at that point he was the hardest throwing pitcher in Japan. So, and I picked up on the fact early on that his, he was just very expressive. So part of what I love about him is you don't have, like you just watch the dude. You can watch him think, you can watch him be funny. You can watch him, uh, you know, you can see into his mind just by reading his face. So I love watching him from that standpoint and then stuff wise, it's insane. Like I I truly like if you had me I would say he is a better pitcher than a hitter. Like I still would go with that because he throws I mean look what he does. His splitter is unhittable. Yeah. He throws over 100. His slider has one of the the, the biggest uh horizontal breaks in the game. He can flip in a curveball. He can do virtually anything and I I think people get jaded by that like they some people don't i will never and you will never mm-hmm. um but some people think ah, he's all hype he's not all hype he's fantastic like i i drop everything every time he's on the bump just to watch him
1: let me let me that. run this by you because i had uh john smoltz on very recently on and, and we were talking about shohei otani and he said if he just dedicated his time to pitching he's jacob de what do you feel when you hear that I
0: think he could be. So I think he's different from Jacob DeGrom. I think DeGrom gets by on different things. DeGrom, you know, he, DeGrom simplifies everything. So to to me, the beauty of DeGrom is he does what he does really well and constantly gets better at it. Mm-hmm. I think Shohei's brilliance is in his creativeness. Um, he has a lot of weapons. I think he can. I think he would be extremely dominant. I think he's just a different pitcher than DeGrom. So I would say he would be his own self. He would be Shohei the legend on the bump multi Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) I think he would win multi Cy Young Awards if he concentrated just on.
1: I love that. And I know you know know I love that because we follow each other on Twitter and I know you know how much I talk about him. But I truly believe it is deserved and people can't quite grasp what we are seeing and how impressive it is.
0: Dude, I feature him because of exactly that. Number one, and I think we both have this too, is the people in Japan are so proud of him. And if I can bring more people and you can bring more people into the sport and watching MLB from Japan and from other countries, I think that's fantastic. But it's also letting fans know here, like this is a once in a lifetime thing. Yep. And he has got an arsenal that is... The envy of almost every pitcher in the major leagues. Who throws like him? Absolutely. I mean, I yeah, like it's you know you you have like the the Corbin is of the world who have a ton of weapons. Shane McClanahan has a ton of weapons. Yeah, you know, Cole, but he has so many weapons and they're off the charts. And then so I don't. You've picked up on this too, right? Like when he has runners in scoring position and he bears down and he puts like you can yeah. see the change in his face where he takes it as a personal affront to let runners score. I love the competitiveness yeah. he brings, too. It's almost so like
1: you know. uh, Justin back when he was you know, at the beginning of his career, when runners would get on base, he'd go, okay, here's 94, here's 94, oh, you're on second base now, here's 103. And it's, it's almost like those the best of the best competitors, of which Shohei is one, it's not that he's not trying when runners aren't on base, but there's that extra gear that they know they don't need to go to until they need to go to it. And when runners get on base, you can literally see it. And this is back to your point of Shohei being so expressive. You can literally see him flip that switch and just go to a new level.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a great example of of Justin as well. I think a competitor does not want the opposing team to to score, they take it as as a as a personal thing. Like this is my role. My role is to prevent people from scoring. The beauty about Shohei is he said he loves to hit, and this is why he's he views himself as a better pitcher because he kind of doesn't want his teammates to have to pick him up. He wants to do it all, and he wants to help his team win on both sides because personally he feels like as a competitor that's what he wants to do. And I love that. Like how do you not love a guy who wants to? Like he's not doing it all because he's cocky. He's doing it all because he wants his team to
1: win. Yeah. That's really cool. Rob, thank you so much for joining me, man. This has been an absolute blast. And and let's make a pact to each other. Let's just let's just keep growing the game together, my friend.
0: Absolutely. I don't know anything different and neither do you. Like I love your energy and it inspires me a lot of times just watching you and how positive you are. Because it's tough. Like it's, you know, you get people out there and everybody wants to be negative and I can't do it. And, I, and you can't either. So no. it's great.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for saying that. This has been a blast, man. Thanks so much for joining me. You'll have to come back again soon. And I, I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, dude. Thank you for having me. Of course. See
1: ya. Man, what a blast of a conversation. I hope you all enjoyed that. Just want to say thanks again to the ninja, Rob Friedman, for joining me. That was, that was a lot of fun. Putting together the ultimate pitch repertoire that was really cool to kind of get inside of his brain and just see where his mind goes. And apparently it is just into a million different directions. But I think we got some really fun stuff there. What a cool story and a cool journey to where he is now. And, and hearing some of the, the stories about how players go to him, just really, really cool. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and that conversation. I know I certainly did. Make sure you all like, subscribe, download, wherever you listen to your podcast. at... Flippin' Bats Pod on all social medias as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're also on YouTube. You can watch every episode on YouTube as well. But thank you all for listening. This has been an absolute blast. I hope you all enjoyed it. And I will see you next time on Flippin' Bats.